This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. God's creative power is unblocked and unblemished through your attitudes. Attitude. Y'all have an attitude? Yeah. Is it a good one? Okay. That's, that's better, you know. Uh, it, it really is. God gives us an attitude. <laughs> an imagination. I know, but I'm talking about attitude <laughs> at the moment. Do you have an attitude? Sometimes. You do. Well, he does. He gives us a godly attitude, and he gives us a what? Imagination. You can see what he's doing. You can see his word, and you can see as you're praying over people, you can see what God is active at doing in people's lives. That's right. Genuinely. His creative power. That's right. Anyhow, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says, So God created human beings in his own image. He created us in his image. He's the creator, and it's all-powerful. It it really is. Everything God created, he imagined it first. He imagined things, and then he created it. That's just the way God goes about doing things. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and we just read Genesis 1, 27, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image. God has a great imagination. He surely does. He really does. He created zebras. Is that one over there? (laughs) Oh, oh no. That's Sue. We may have a few interruptions as people are grabbing what they need. Stuff on the floats and all that. But he created zebras and elephants. He created porcupines and giraffes and peacocks and walruses and frogs and monkeys. Zebras. Zebras. That's awesome. And kangaroos, he created earthworms and ladybugs. And on top of it all, he created you and me. God created us. And the ability to form pictures and stories and ideas uh, in our mind, that's God-given. Yes, it is. He allows us to see things. He wants us to see So God's creative power is unleashed through our imagination. He has given us the ability to imagine. He really has. Imagination is expanded thoughts. The creative power of imagination can be good or it can be bad. So we need to cast down imaginations as bad. And and we need to lift up on high you know, imaginations that are good and godly. That's just the true of, truth of it. Matthew, see, I, I read, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, you have heard that the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust, you know, that strong desire, has already committed adultery with her in his heart. See, imagining was the same as doing. And God imagines about us. And we imagine, based on his word, positive kinds of things. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, he says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God 
to the pulling down of strongholds. See, the devil tries to be king of the hill. You know, God's word hidden in our hearts and our minds empowers us genuinely. Anyhow, verse 5 says, casting down imaginations. Cast down imaginations all not to be there. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Satan tried to exalt himself in heaven, but he was cast down. And we need to exalt the thoughts and the imaginations that God wants to be there and cast down every imagination, every thought that comes from the devil himself. So don't let your thoughts expand into negative imaginations. Cast those things down. Don't feed those things. Don't imagine that God, you know, I'm just looking to see what's happening. All right. Don't imagine that God carries a big stick just waiting for you to make a mistake. Cast it down. Cast down the thoughts that you know are not godly. Cast those kinds of thoughts down. Don't imagine that God carries that big stick. Now, cast it down. Don't imagine that God won't help you. Cast it down. The devil's a liar. He's the one trying to tell us that God won't help us, you know, or, or that you can't do this or you can't do that. Cast those thoughts down. Don't allow them to reside in your mind and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's what the scripture tells us. Pay attention to what you're imagining in, in books and TV and, and movies and all those kinds of things. Now, have you ever heard of a, a guy named uh, John Lennon? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard, you know, imagine there's no heaven. Is that one of his songs? Mm-hmm. Cast it down. It's a lie. You are not to imagine there's no such thing as heaven. Jesus died for you and me to experience heaven. That's just the way of it, you know. And, uh, you know, we should cast those kinds of thoughts that contradict what the Bible says. We should cast those things down. Eve should have cast down the imagination she had of her and Adam eating that apple. They should have cast it down when it first came toward them. Imaginations begin with a thought. Imaginations will get you everywhere, so said Albert Einstein. Imaginations will get you everywhere. And do you imagine that you're going to succeed? Yes. Do, do, you, do you imagine that you're going to succeed? And what God has called you to do? You know, think about that. Uh, Albert Einstein also eloquently stated, imagination is everything. It is the preview for life's coming attraction. You know, a godly imagination. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think in your heart. As you think in your heart, so are you. That's what it's talking about. You remember the little train that said, I think I can, I think I can, I think. I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And he goes over the top of the mountain and goes, I knew I could, I knew I could, I knew I could, I knew I could. 
And we need to imagine positive things. Godly kinds of things is what we need to do. You want to say something? Sure. We were reading an article about um, a guy who worked for the Hallmark Card Company. And along with his job, he also did workshops in elementary schools. And so he would uh, go to the first graders and he would ask this simple question. How many of you are artists? And the whole class, 100%, would be waving their hands just, you know, like with feverish enthusiasm, you know. And, and they were so excited. They knew that they could be artists. They had imaginations. And they could just express their imagination through their artwork. Then when he went to the second grade class, he would ask the same thing. How many of you are artists? And about 50% would raise their hands and with less enthusiasm. He would go to the third grade class. How many of you consider yourself an artist? How many are artists? And by that time, by the time they reached the third grade, it would be 10 out of 30. And by the time those children or children that were in the sixth grade, when he asked the question, how many of you are artists? There would be maybe one or two that would kind of sheepishly raise their hand that maybe they were artists. Something happened in those years that that imagination was not cultivated. They didn't have authority figures that were supporting them and encouraging them, say, saying, you are an artist. What you are doing is amazing. They needed cheerleaders along the way. They needed people that could help cultivate that imagination because our imagination can be cultivated. And, you know, there's an artist of some kind in every one of us. But somehow right. they lost the wonder you know, during those first years of their life, which is really sad. And we need to cultivate imagination in our children and in our grandchildren. You know, and, and that comes by thinking of ways, praying and asking God for wisdom on how to do that. It doesn't come through hours on electronics. The imagination needs to be stirred and playing in the dirt and building towers with cups or what, whatever. It can just, you know, we need to stir the imagination. And we need our own imagination stirred and encouraged as well. Do you believe you can start your own business? Do you believe do you believe you can ride a bike? Yes. Did you always believe you could ride a bike? Yes. You did from the day you were born? No. No. But you learned how to, but you imagined that you could do what you saw them people doing all around on the sidewalks and things like that. Did did you imagine you could swim? Mm-hmm. Did you learn how to swim? Absolutely. Did you learn how to ski? Because mm-hmm. you imagine it. Watching people coming in. You know? You know? And you imagine you can get back up and do it again. Yep. Think about it. Well, I imagined Susan would say yes to me when I asked her to marry me. And guess what? I did. She did. How long ago was that? 46 years ago. 46 years ago. That's amazing, isn't it? Farmers imagine having crops, or they wouldn't plant. If they didn't imagine those things, they could see them in their mind's eye. And Grandma, she asked Billy, what are you doing with that stick? He said, well, I got tired of walking, so I decided to ride my horse. (laughs) So he was imagining he was riding a horse. I like his imagination. I really do. And we need to have the imagination that God gives unto us. It's it's easy to imagine things that you really 
desire. Mm -hmm. Really. And as you read God's word and you begin, you pray for somebody and you imagine them getting better, you know, and when you're praying, you're imagining whatever you're praying for, God is creating in them and taking, uh, you know, over their, their defeat mentality and just working a miracle in them. Desire is the extra. It's the part of the blanket that hangs over the bed to keep you warm. It's the little extra that turns hot water into steam. Mm. At 211 degrees, water's hot enough to use for shaving and for making... I haven't been using that (laughs) hot water too often. Or making a cup of coffee. But add one more degree, just one more degree, and that hot, hot water is boiling and changes into steam, which will power a locomotive around this country or propel a steamship around the world. That little extra, like desire, is what will enable you to succeed. Desire empowers our imagination. Mm-hmm. It really does. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and uh, of Jesus our Lord. Uh, through God's word. His divine power has given us, what's that word? Everything. His divine power, God's divine power, has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises Precious promises. And when God makes a promise, he keeps his promise. So that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, just like his, and escape the corruption that is in the world caused by evil desires. You know, it's, it's your desires and your resolution that count. Abraham Lincoln pointed this out to a young man uh, Isham Revis, who'd written Lincoln for advice. This is Lincoln's reply. My dear sir, I have just reached home and found your letter. If you are resolutely determined to make a lawyer of yourself, the thing is more than half done already. It is but a small matter whether you study with anybody or not. I did not study with anybody. Get the books and read and study them till you understand them in their principal features. And that is the main thing. So said Abraham Lincoln. It is of no consequence to be in a large town while you are studying. I studied at Salem, New Salem, which never had 300 people living in it. The books and your capacity for understanding them are just the same in all places. Always bear in mind that your own desire and resolution to succeed is more important than any other one thing. So says Abraham Lincoln. May our imagination be expanded by reading and studying 
and meditating on God's Word. God's Word feeds our imagination. It does. It helps us to see that, you know, all things are possible. And if you don't read God's Word, you're not going to the most powerful source. That's right. That's just the truth of it. Joshua imagined he could defeat the giants in the promised land. The others imagined themselves as what? Grasshoppers. Do you imagine yourself as a grasshopper? Or do you imagine yourself as a giant slayer? You know, and God talks about those things in his word, you know. So think about that. How do you imagine yourself? Really? You know, in Joshua chapter 1 verse 7, it says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left, then you will be successful in everything you do. 100%. Everything means 100%? Then you will be successful in 100% of what you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate and, and dream and imagine on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you be Will you prosper and succeed in all you do? Now, that's, that's just right there in the Bible. That's amazing. I'm not making things up. I'm just reading what it says in the Bible. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous, exclamation mark. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Genesis chapter 11, verse 6. And this was around the time when uh, the people all spoke one language and they had purposed in their heart to build a tower and kind of to, to reach into heaven. They were really coming together uh, against God. And, and it says, the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And now nothing they have imagined they can do will be impossible for them. So they were Imagination designing. can work for you or it can work against you. It and it can work for God or it can work against God. That's right. We see that in our, our culture today. There are many that are uniting against God. Yep. But there are so many also that are uniting for God. You're right. We believers need to cultivate our imagination. We really do cultivate our imagination by meditating on God's word. What does it say? Faith comes by hearing. hearing God's word. Nothing is impossible to them who imagine that they can do it. When we read God's word, it produces an image on the, on the movie screen of our mind. That's right. You know, it helps us to imagine God could do this. God could answer these prayers. I mean, even the song we sang this morning about through you, I can do anything. I can do all things through you who give me strength. Nothing is impossible through you. Blind eyes are open. Strongholds are broken. Nothing is impossible. We need to believe that. Nothing. Do you believe that? I believe that I nothing do too. is impossible when do we. Do you believe that? When we believe awesome. it and imagine it. You know what? Now is proved was once only imagined. Going to the moon. Once it was imagined, but it's become a reality. 
Uh, flying. Has anybody ever flown? Yep. You know? I mean, that's a, a daily kind of thing that's happening nowadays. Driving a car. Once it was only imagined. But imagination brings you into that position to see it as a reality. Children see their parents walking and they say, I, I bet I can do that. You know, they're, they're two years old. And I know this because I have a two-year-old grandson. And he, he was walking a little bit. <laughs> and then he's running. Everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> a you year know? later. <laughs> so if you can imagine it, you, you can see the reality of it. So what do you imagine about yourself? Mm -hmm. What do you imagine about yourself is really, really important. I don't know if you saw this in the Bible before, but imagination is a big part of what God wants us to understand. His word says that he is the giver of witty inventions. He's he the one who gave he, Orville and Wilbur Wright that imagination that they could make a machine that would fly. Absolutely. And every other witty invention, God is the source. He's so he the one says, who has given that idea. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, let God transform you into a new person. He says, let God transform you. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, by changing the way you imagine. He says, let God change you by changing you're thinking. Sometimes we got stinking thinking, and we need to get rid of the stinking thinking, and we need to begin to think the way God thinks. You know, are, are you willing for God to, to change the way you think? Yeah, yesterday, uh, I'll have to be honest with you. I, I, I mean, I'm the worship leader. I have been for a few years now, but the float is, uh, is way out of my league, you know, because I don't, I don't know the Everything that has to be set up. So yesterday, you know, I, all week long and all, actually for about a month, I've been touching base with people, making sure everything is in order. And yesterday, a few things changed about how today was going to look. And I'm, I, I started to be overwhelmed. I mean, I, I started crying and Ronnie said, what's up? I'm like, you know, I don't know how it's all going to come together tomorrow. You know, and I, I, I don't have, number one, I'm going to be in here teaching with you while they're out there doing the final thing, setting things up. And even if I was out there, I'm clueless to what to tell everybody to do. And, uh, and you know, and he just encouraged me that I needed to get God's perspective. I needed to practice what we were preaching last night and today. That's a good idea. And that was a good idea. And that I needed to imagine what God could do in the midst of it. And so, you know, I, I prayed, I changed gears. I said, okay, God, this is your thing. This is not my thing, you know, and... And, uh, and really, you know, cast all my cares over on God, cast down the imaginations that were trying to discourage me. And, uh, and God brought everything together over and above anything that I, I could even imagine, you know. But I did imagine that he was going to intervene, and he has, and he, uh, he is, and he's going to be honored and glorified through it. So we need to recognize, but that's day to day. We face challenges every day of our lives of, you know, am I going to, what am I going to imagine about this situation? What am I going to believe God for? What am I going to have faith for? You know, because we have an enemy who works overtime trying to get us to be discouraged right. and to be defeated and to go the negative route. And we just need to recognize it for what it is and to, to believe God, very simply. Believe Are you God. willing 
to allow God to change the way you think? He changed my stinking thinking. He helped me to change it. I didn't say that, but it's true. Yep. <laughs> you know, faith in God and his word, it produces imaginations. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, godly imaginations. Here in Psalms 37, verse 4, it says, Take a delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Mm -hmm. Take delight in him. And he will give you your heart's desires. That's what he says, you know. You desire, you know, our desire, your desire will produce something. Mm -hmm. Really well. What do you think it will produce? Your imagination will come to be. Mm -hmm. When you're focusing on God and giving yourself to him and talking with him and communicating with him. He says here in uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, he says, don't worry about, what's that word there? Anything. Don't worry about anything. You ever worry about something? Mm -hmm. He says, don't do that no more. Don't worry about anything. You know, worry and fear are the worst use of our imagination. Mm -hmm. If you're worried and you're fearful, uh, you're going to imagine terrible things. You know, but we have to cast those kinds of things down and we have to dwell upon his word. He says, don't worry about anything and said, pray about everything and imagine that the God is answering your prayers and, and you know, can, can you believe that God will answer your prayers? Mm -hmm. Yes. How, how old are you? Is that, is that okay to ask the lady how old she is? Yeah, this one it is. Yeah, how S old are you? 64. Has God ever came to your aid and helped you in any situation? Every day, every minute. He's awesome. He really is, you know? He says here, tell God what you need. And then thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, this is the Bible. We're not making these things up. This is what God says in his word. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. And think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Fix your thoughts on those things. Those are positive things. And you have used that as an illustration that we need to use each of those different uh, qualities there as a filter. So when a thought comes in our mind, we need to, we need to examine filter it. We need to let it filter it through. Yeah. Is it true? Is it honorable? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it excellent? Is it worthy of praise? If it doesn't meet all of that criteria, we need to cast it down. You're right, 100%. Coach Paul Bear Brandt once said, what matters is not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. Mm -hmm. You ever heard of such a thing? Mm -hmm. Well, that's pretty wild, isn't it? You know, now, I once upon a time, when I was a very young teenager, I might have been about 11 or 12 years old, and I was visiting with my family, my uh, Uncle Jim. And we were out there playing in the yard and things like that. And there's a little white dog 
And the whole dog, including his tail, was about this big, okay? And he came from a house down the street. He came running up in the yard there. And I figured I could handle this guy, you know? And I don't know if you ever done this, but he came up there, and I jumped at him like that, and he jumped at me and chased me around the house. And he might still be chasing me somewhere. <laughs> I'm not sure. But it scared the heebie-jeebies out of me. It really did, because I had heard somebody do that, and I wanted to try that. But it was not a reality for me. Is God's word a reality for you? Is it a real deal? There's so much of God's word that is a reality in my heart now that was not many years ago. You know, so you got to think about this. It says the greatest achievement in life, greatest achievements in life, are usually accomplished by people who have a singular desire that becomes the ruling passion of all that they do. For example, when Bob Feller was a child, he loved to throw a ball. By the age of five, he spent hours every day pitching through a hole in the barn wall. At 10, his father bought him all the necessary equipment and provided him with a playing field on the family farm. At 13 years old, he pitched for a local team and averaged 20 strikeouts a game. At 17, he began playing for the Cleveland Indians. As a major leaguer, he had six seasons as a 20-game winner, three no-hit games, 11 one-hitters, 266 wins, and he set a record of 348 strikeouts in... Let me see, where was I at there? You think you can forget that? He had 348 strikeouts in one season. That's pretty amazing. You think about it. He is a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Bob Feller has one desire. I heard it. I heard you say that. His one desire was what? Baseball. Baseball. That's what he did. <laughs> what happens when your one desire is to love God? To see Christ, that his word becomes a reality in your life. Mm -hmm. You think about that. Something of that same focusing of life can be seen in every Christian who has been used of God in a special way. Mm -hmm. You choose to honor God with your life. Nehemiah, you remember who Nehemiah was? He was the king's cupbearer. He imagined that he could rebuild the city of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. He imagined that. And throughout the Bible, you see men and women imagining things, and you see them doing those things. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine that you can be a, a vital part of God's kingdom? Do you? Yes. Do you imagine Everyone you can be, a, can a, be. A, a part of his kingdom in the days right smack dab in front of us right now? Yes. Can you? Yes. You can imagine that? Yes. Let's ask them, what can they imagine God doing in their lives? What can you imagine God doing? in and through your life, in his kingdom. Can he work a miracle in your life? Yes. Can you work a miracle through your life? Yes. Absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt. We just simply need to pray a three-word prayer every day. God, use me. That's right.
And he will. You know, he'll use you to speak to your neighbor, to encourage them, to pray for them. To your, you know, he'll use you to share Christ with your coworker or the guy at the gas station. That's right. You know, he'll use you. All we need to do is say, God, use me. And he will. And he will give you the imaginations of how he can use you. You know, he, he said that as a believer, not as a pastor, not as a minister, but as a believer, that we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It's pretty miraculous. And we can imagine God using each one of us in that way. That when somebody's sick, that we can actually lay hands on them and they will recover. You that's know? what he says. That's what, and that's where faith begins, that we actually believe. And God gives us that imagination of what he can do, how he can, he can use our lives. There's absolutely no limit to what God can do in and through every one of your lives. Do you believe that you can read through the Bible? Yes. In a year? Yes. You know, you can read through it a whole lot quicker than that, to be honest with you. Yep. Do you believe that you will win other family members to Christ? Yes. Do you believe that? Yes. That, that's pretty amazing. Do, do you believe that you can pray every day? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you believe those prayers will be heard and answered? Yes. That's pretty amazing when you think about it. Do you believe that you can live... A godly, Christ-like life. One that resonates. And it, 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 it's just like Jesus' life. Can you live that way? Yes. He said we, we could be a partaker of his divine nature. We just read that. That's what he says. And part of that is imagination. We need to cultivate our imagination. We do. You know, nothing is impossible to those who imagine. Can you imagine you imagine things about your children? Mm-hmm. All the time. And you my imagine, grandchildren. And your grandchildren? Do you imagine things about your family? Do you imagine them getting better and God answering prayers and working miracles in their life? You know, I was just thinking about something. We didn't share this in the other services, but remember we heard a, one of our Bible uh, college teachers, he was sharing with us, and actually he came here and shared this with us too, that he was a pretty wild teenager, and he would go out and get drunk every night and, and come staggering into the house, you know, and he would do drugs and all kinds of things. But he had a godly Christian mom. And she would wait up for him. And every time he'd come yep. home at night, she'd say, Mike, she said, I see you serving God one day. I see you lifting your hands in worship to God. And he would, you know, curse at her and, you know, get mad at her and everything else. But she would not give up on her imagination for her son and what he, what God had in store for him. And sure enough, he was the one teaching us and telling us that testimony. But she, she grasped hold of the fact that she could have faith in what God could do in transforming her son into a godly man and using his life. And she would not let go of that imagination. And she, would, she told him about it, which yeah. was pretty bold <laughs> on her part. But, uh, she, you know, she wouldn't let go. He became a very good friend of mine and mm -hmm. shared the principles of imagining what his mom had done yeah. for him. Yeah. And she, he was not a nice guy at all, but he became but an anointed him. pastor. His name was Mike Lewis. Mm -hmm. So it was. Genesis chapter 19, verse 17, it says, when they were safely out of the city. Who's this talking about? 
Who is it talking about? It's talking about Lot's family. God had sent angels into the, fan, into the city of Sodom and Gomorrah telling them that you got to get out of here. This, these, this area is corrupt and I'm going to destroy it. And Lot was the only righteous man in the city mm -hmm. and he uh, was allowing, Abraham had interceded on, on his sure. behalf and, and God was sent angels to bring them out. And that's where we are here. Now, why don't you continue? Okay, sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> and when they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. Oh, no, my Lord, Lot begged. You have been so gracious to me and saved my life and you have shown such great kindness. But I cannot go into the mountains. Disaster would catch up to me there and I would soon die. See, there is a small village nearby. Please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life will be saved. All right, the angel said, I will grant your request. I will not destroy the little village, but hurry, escape to it, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. This explains why that village was known as Zor, which means little place. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them along with the other cities and villages on the plain, wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. Verse 26 says, But Lot's wife, she looked back behind them all, but Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him. She turned into a, a pillar, pillar of salt. salt. Y'all know what salt looks like, don't you? Just in case you didn't, I just want to see. <laughs> so you can have all the salt you want, and I got another 20 pounds worth in the room <laughs> right there if you need some more. But you know what? She became a pillar of salt. She disobeyed God. He specifically said, don't look back or stop. She could not see what he was telling her to see. Look ahead. Look <laughs> forward. That's what he was telling her. I'm enough of an artist to draw freely upon my imagination, said Albert Einstein. Imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited, but imagination can encircle the world genuinely can. The moment you doubt whether you can fly, think about it. The moment you doubt whether you can fly, you cease forever to be able to do it. You know who said that? Peter Pan. <laughs> but it's the truth. You know, when you believe something, well, it's already been proven now that you can fly, Right? But it wasn't proven so much back in those earlier days, was it? Mm -mm. You know, but people began to believe that and they did, you know, learn how to fly. Imagination, Philip Jose Farmer said, imagination is like a muscle. I found out that the more I use that muscle, the bigger it got. Mm -hmm. You ever use a muscle? Yep. And, and the muscle just begins to get stronger and stronger and stronger as you're using that. And use the imagination that God has, you know, put into us and the things that he wants us to do, we can begin to do it more 
and more easily and it becomes a reality in our own life. Imagination does not become great until human beings, given the courage and the strength, use it to create. You can use imagination to create. Mm -hmm. You really can. As you read through the Bible, it's just like absolutely miraculous the what he tells us in his word. Mm -hmm. You know, and 43 years ago, uh, when we left New Haven, Connecticut, you had started the Bible study here in Southington, we imagined a God imagination that he wanted to start a Bible teaching church here in Southington. But I remember you saying in our years of Bible college, when we were praying and contemplating what God would have us to do when we graduated, that you just said, you know, I don't think I could be the pastor of a normal church. I don't think we have been. And we haven't been a normal church. church. It's been different, you know. You know, but God's word is powerful. It's life-changing. It is. There's nothing in the whole wide world I would rather do Mm -mm. than to do what we're doing right now, teaching God's word and people's faith increasing and and miraculous things happening in people's lives, and then we get to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. We get to go to heaven. I don't know if I told you or if I was telling the other service about this, did I tell you about the guy I saw at a parade? No, that was other service. Well, quite a few years ago, I was driving the float, and the team was behind me worshiping, and I looked over there, and I saw a guy off in someone's yard, off over on the sidewalk in a yard, and he was just staring at me. But his face was kind of empty and hollow. And I about was crying when I was seeing the guy, and I couldn't go talk to him because I was driving the float at this time. And I never have seen him again, except I see him often in my mind's eye, you know. And he was just, he was so empty, and he was hollow. And he was just staring like there was something life-giving uh, coming from where we were at over there. And, you know, I, I've prayed for him lots of times since then. But you know what? There are men and women around us all the time that God brings them into our life. And they just need a little faith. Mm-hmm. They just need a little hope. And, and, and how do you get faith? Faith comes by hearing God's word. Hearing God's word. And, and they just need a little faith, a little bit of hope that God gives us, a confident expectation for the future. And you know what? There'll be people out there today who'll be needing some faith and needing some hope. And there'll be people that God will bring across our path. And he just wants us to say just a few little words that will plant some faith and some hope in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And you know what that would do? I'll take them to heaven. The only ingredient that is necessary to get to heaven is to have faith, to believe what God says. He forgives our sins, and he promises to take us. Mm -hmm. You know, if we'll just believe in him, accept his his son as the savior of the world. You know, this is a promise that God gives us, and each and every one of us can talk to someone about Christ. We can pass out a track if we want to, but we can just speak to someone. Mm-hmm. Just a simple little message, you know, to someone. And they accept that, and it changes the whole rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Genuinely does. And sometimes God just does things that we, we're not even anticipate him doing. I put you on the spot at the first service. Saturday night didn't hear it, but what has God done in your life in the last month that is totally mm-hmm. miraculous? Well, 
Well, for the last 22 at least years, yeah. I've been allergic to wheat. And if I ate any wheat, and I'm going to be honest with you, I am dedicated to a diet. He I'm not supposed he to would eat. not fudge I on would, it anyway. I would not. Not even a little bit. And in all this time, I haven't had any wheat. But somehow or another, we came up with some chicken. Kentucky that, fried chicken. That had some, it was battered with wheat. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, no. I wasn't supposed to eat that. I kept waiting and waiting, and nothing happened. This has been a almost month a month ago now. And since then, it's like, wow, nothing really happened. So maybe, I don't know, maybe. God has healed you. He's healed me, or maybe whatever that thing was disappeared after 22 years. I don't really know, but I know this for sure. Now, after a month, I can eat anything I want to. And that's miraculous. And it happened. It happened just in time for apple fritters. Can you believe that? He can't wait. <laughs> we've tried, we've made some gluten-free versions, but he's he's looking forward to the real deal. And so. when we were down south, we bought two dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. But you gotta understand this, just because I can. He's not. I've only eaten he, two of those. He only donuts. ate two. One a day. I ate many more. <laughs> That's just the way it is. But you he's know, still using moderation. And it's just it's just the wisest thing to do. But to be honest with but you. But he's not as restricted, which is awesome. Yeah, I don't have to. Yeah, he I doesn't would, have to. I prefer to. Yeah. It's amazing. Anyhow, uh, let me see. It's twelve oh four. We purposely wanted to cut things shorter this weekend. You wanna say anything else? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just checking to see if you wanted to say anything else. <laughs> oh, but, but what I, I do want to say is, uh, you know, at the end of the service, I always pray for people to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. And then I ask everybody who's here who already has done that, I ask them to join us as we pray. Because when somebody comes into our building and they don't know what we do or how we do things and all like that, but... If you ask them to pray, they're a little bit hesitant to do so. But as we all pray and reaffirm our faith in Christ, it gives other people the freedom to pray along with us. That's what it does. So I would ask you to join with me as we pray and acknowledge Christ as our Savior right now. So would you join me? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he is your son. I believe that he's your son. And that he willingly gave his life. And that he willingly gave his life. And he died on a cross. And he died on the cross. And I believe that he rose from the dead. And I believe that he rose from the and dead. And he is alive evermore. And he is alive evermore. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. And I ask him into every area of my life. And I ask him into every area of my life. And to do whatever he wants in me. And to do whatever he wants in me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.
Anything else you want to say? If you're in the uh, parade with us, the, your lunches are in the blue house next door, as well as your T-shirts if you haven't picked them up. If you're deciding spur of the moment, hey, I want to do this, um, there, if there's enough T-shirts. Go for it. Even if they're not, <laughs> you know, but um, you can uh, check that out. And we'll be leaving here. It's 12.06. Well, I'm going to lead the marchers over the float. Uh, Hasn't gone because your mom's still here, so hopefully they haven't gone. Um, so but, a little bit later today, yeah. just a little bit later. Yeah, they're giving us a little bit more time, which is awesome. Um, but then we'll be leaving somewhere around 1 to uh, meet the float at the parade route. And, okay. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Hey, guys. Why don't we pray over the food, though, before we go? Go for it. Lord, we ask that you would bless the food, the lunches of those that are marching with us. Father, that it would be sanctified yes, to nourish our bodies. And, Lord, we thank you for it. Again, Lord, we ask that you would just use us today. Lord, as we would march through the, yes, the streets of Southington singing your praise, Lord, that people's hearts would be touched and they would be drawn unto you yes. and come to know Christ yes, as their Lord. Savior. Send a revival yes, to Southington God. in Jesus' name. And bless all the men and women who are in this room. Yes. And show them, oh, Papa God, a miracle in their life. Work a miracle in their life in a way that they cannot deny it, mm-hmm. that they'll know your power was active in them, in their family. Yes. Meet their needs according to your riches and glory, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.